Welcome to the Latte Dog's Content Creator Cast. I'm the host, Duke Latte the Latte Dog, and I'm joined with... Fed on Rats! That's <laughs> right. Uh, state your names and your positions in your band, please. My name is Don, I play the bass. My name is Dan, I sing and play the guitar. I'm Midhead, and I play drums. I'm Derek, and I play guitar. Well... Okay, then. Um, let me see. Uh, first question. Um, are, were, are there any other names that you may go by, by the, any chance? Uh, is, like, are there any past pseudonyms that you may claim? Um, some, I, not really. No. Not really. Because I, <laughs> I, I, I have the dumbest name in the planet. I, my name is Dan Smith, so it's like nobody can get any simpler than that. Mm. Did you mean our band? Uh, like, well, I'm... Well, more along the lines of possibly the band or pretty much any one of you, like, if you're any one of you were in, like, musical acts before or, uh, yeah, something along those lines. No, not really. My memory span's terrible, so I'm just bet on rats. Okay. Well, I were allegedly connected to a punk band called the Jub Jubs, uh, where we allegedly went as uh, Jake Dog Jub and Fatty Jub. Fatty Jub. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think those are unsubstantiated uh, claims. Uh, okay. And, and, um, yeah. Yeah. Kind of a parody punk thing. I see. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but those rumors are unsubstantiated. It's fake news. <clears throat> fake news, I see. <laughs> All fake That's news. Kind of news. It's all fake if it's bad against you. Just remember that. <laughs> okay. Um, publicity. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let me say. Uh, uh, I ask this of everyone. What do you create? Would you say? Uh, Music. Of course. Yes. Well, um, actually, me personally in the band, I go. You're beating this into the ground. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of like that. I see. Um let's see. Um usually uh but I've also gotten a little bit more into arpeggios, so I go. Sometimes I go. I do that a lot too. Yeah, arpeggios are hard, though. So you know, our whole goal is to become an acapella band eventually. Got to hold it down. it's a natural progression. Well, from the folky punk stuff to acapella, we're coming for you, Pentatonics. I see. <laughs> our own Christmas album. 
The Bet on Rats Christmas album. Right. I see. Good idea. Yeah, every song's gonna end with. Uh, how long have you known each other? I'm just gonna... I have a bunch of questions here. I'm just gonna skip around on them. How long have you known each other? Uh, Don and Fatty have known each other the longest. Yeah, I think I met when I was a freshman and Don was a junior in high school. We was weaned together. Yeah. I was the most recent within several months. Yeah. Yeah. But we feel like we've known him a lot longer than that. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I've known I've known Don for probably the good portion of about eight years, but like we haven't really hung out all that much until we started this kind of thing going on. So, three years. Yeah, about three years. I mean, like other than that, we just got fucked up together at random times. Yeah, it was good. Great <laughs> stuff. Great yeah. stuff. Great times. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, it's become more productive since then. How much more yeah. productive, uh, mind if I ask? Well, like, yeah, like, in 2005, it was like, you know, I'll bump into someone at a party or, like, go over there and drink because he, was like, lived, like, two blocks away. And then Dan, like, moved to Seattle and stuff. Was it Seattle? It was Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. It was. It was all right. Yeah, uh, and then he came back. It was just a, a weird thing that we wound up jamming together. Um, Fatty had been randomly just hanging out with this dude, uh, getting stoned and playing guitar. He's like, yeah, my buddy, I've been jamming with this guy every once in a while. And then he brought his buddy over. It's like, oh, shit, I know this guy. And um, Dan needed a demo recorded because he was putting together a band. Yep. And... He came over to my studio, uh, we busted out a demo, and then I wound up playing bass for him, because I heard him ask Fatty, like, a couple times. Like, Fatty at the time couldn't do it, I think. Yeah, I just had too much going on. And yeah. I didn't want to be that guy in the band that can't be there when needed. Right. And only be there part of the time. That guy sucks. So the short answer is, we went from just drinking casually at parties to being more productive by writing music altogether. <laughs> I see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we added Fatty like a year later after me, Dan, and this guy Nate were jamming. Um, we did a four-track album. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, and all that shit. Um, for cheap. For cheap. For monies. Um, we recorded a four-track EP. Uh, is that it the... For about a year. Is that the Easy Now EP? That one? Yep. Yep. Yeah, the Easy Now EP. Ah, yes. I remember uh, figuring out... I'm figuring out about you uh, through that EP. Actually, it's a funny story how I found out about you. Um, I think yeah, I, I, may, I think I may have told you this one already. Uh, through the D, through the private messenger on Facebook, like uh, it was. Yeah, we can talk about that as private. Make that message public now. Okay. So anyway, so yeah, I recall. Um, let me think. Well, I, it was a Glenn Fr- It was one of Glenn Fricker video. Those, um, Glenn Fricker's videos. I cannot remember which one it was. I think, I think it had something to do with the sex kittens. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I think you made that, I think you may have made that com, 
a comment on that video in particular or something like that. And I found that's how I found out about your YouTube channel and found your uh your acoustic uh unplugged version in someone's bathroom of uh So the Sun May Set. Oh cool. Very yeah. cool. Um and uh that's my favorite show still. Mm. Who's, who, whose bathroom was that, anyways? Or is that not something you would let go, make public? It was our friend from the Just Luckies. Her name is Casey. Nice. Uh, they're a great band, too. Hmm. But uh, she invited us over. She said, do you want to play? We have this like artist showcase going on at her house. And we were like, cool. And she, she said, we're going to have you play in the bathroom. And we thought she was kidding. But when we showed up, she was like, we'll get in the tub. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, our old drummer was sitting on the toilet, yep. uh, shitting all over the place. Dan was standing in the shower, <laughs> keeping it nice and clean. And then, you know, it, it was really weird. The acoustics in a bathroom um, are unmatched. But, yeah, it was fun. Um, there wasn't a lot of room for a pit, but, you I know, see. we opened it up. It was sanitary. I see. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, a little while later, I found e- your Bandcamp link and got your Easy Now EP. And, uh, yeah. And I remember uh, listening to that a lot, really. Uh, and Thank you. I, and I was really... Lo- and when I no- and figured out from your Facebook page, uh, you were going to be releasing a full-length album... I was really excited, really. And, uh, by the way, great work on the album, by the way. I have it. Thank you so much. When, like, the first day came out on Bandcamp. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yes, so, um, yes. I should be thanking you for allowing me to use your songs. And they're going to be the intro and outro for your this podcast as well. Which, yeah, that's a huge honor. So, yeah, yeah thank you much and also thank you for asking a lot of people would have just probably done it so, yeah i you know. yeah um yeah i definitely uh have a thing about um making sure to get permission really if if an artist already by default gives permission that's that's that but i wanted to make sure if i was going to use anything from you i wanted to get your permission uh from you of course. Oh, yeah. How much are we getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Here you go. I didn't. I didn't think about negotiations. I, didn't <coughs> to, but I was just like, take it. We just say yes to everything. Like after a drink or two. Yeah. So like, keep that in mind. You know. I appreciate it. <laughs> Anyways, um, let me see. What other questions? Uh, are, um, are you? What projects are you looking forward to working on, really? Or, like, are there any current projects that you're working on, like, both short-term and long-term, by, by any chance? Um, yeah, I mean, we have enough material to start the next album, for sure. We're kind of holding off on it right now, just to kind of play this one for a bit. Mm. Um, but we could definitely have another album out within a year. I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward. To, I, I I I bought a bunch of Warhammer minis, and they're a project. They're fun. To paint. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> they're fun to paint. Though that's a project. The attention to detail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
And once you get those bad boys in on your little dungeon card, and you're like, man, why did I go with polka dots on that? <laughs> too much attention away right. from the Horned Reaper. Leopard print goblin, man. Okay, um, let me see here. Um... But yeah, we we all got a couple projects going on. Uh, our guitar player Fatty uh, owns and operates a video game store, like buy and trade new and used video games. So that's pretty cool. Ah. Mid is uh, he's like a student. He he learns stuff. Yeah, he's he's, he's graduated. He's, yeah, I graduated. I'm actually going off to. Uh, to uh, uh, to university after this year soon. Um, Where I hopefully uh, to a college called uh, DigiPen in Spain. Actually, uh, I plan on going into video game design. Really. Nice oh, man, DigiPen's great. Yeah, You've I mean, heard I, of it? personally, but I've heard of DigiPen. Oh uh, yeah, uh, it's a yeah, it's um, there are like three main bases. One's in Redmond, Washington. The others in uh, Bilbao, Spain, and the others in Singapore. Yeah, so I plan on going to Spain. Really. Yeah, man. Good luck with that. Sure thing. Thanks for that. Anyways, um, you, uh, I recall seeing the production uh, process of your Facebook uh, through your um. Uh, through your Facebook out and videos with this album, really, uh, you mix in. Who's the one who mixes uh, the album and uh, songs? Yeah, that's me. I do the recording and mixing and mastering for us. Uh, but I thought it'd be fun. As like it, we put together most of the album in a, about a month or two, and then everything else just dragged right out. Uh, we had a drummer switch in the middle of that. We we got rid of our other drummer and we found Mid Hat. Um, we've got three different drummers on the record. Uh, Mid Hat, uh, guy Ryan Schubert from another band in Grand Rapids called Antological. Um, and then I do uh, drums on six of the songs. Um, and so being good enough at drums to fit on an album uh, was a bit of a process so that took a while um, took us a while to just get everything to where we were happy with it um, tempo maps and all that um, so it was a big process so as we were like getting close to releasing things it's like well we should probably hype this a little bit and so we I don't know there's probably like four or five videos where we um, you know just put it out in the Facebook world like hey by the way don't forget about us like our new album's gonna be really cool like look at this um, one of the bits that you used for the start of your segment, um, Burn the Pages, that was actually the first thing that Mid Hat got to drum on, the end of Burn the Pages. Um, the whole end of the song, we uh, we did a full analog path on. Um, and so for all the reverb and that like cute little harmony part where it's just acoustic guitar and bass and two vocals, me and Dan went down to the end of our building outside of the studio in this like really echoey part in the hall by the by our elevator, and we set up a couple mics and the mixer and uh, the reel-to-reel, and just recorded it the way like an old folk band would, 
record if they were looking for a really reverby sound rather than like slapping on a plug-in. We just, you know, moved the mic far away from us and found an echoey room to do it. Yeah, more practical. Yeah, it was really fun. And then we spliced in a live practice for the end of the song, which is actually the first bit of recording that Midhat uh, appears on with his drums that that whole part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Midhead actually did uh, the drums on uh, Gravestone on the Hill, too. Oh, yeah. So That's that's actually one of my uh, favorite songs off the album, actually, really. I, I just I just like that song, really, a lot. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Anyways. Um, uh, you'd... Uh, there's... You did a series of videos, uh, uh, rehearsal videos for, on the YouTube channel, um, Atmospheric Production Promotions or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we played a show in May last year at a friend Sam's house. Sam runs Atmospheric Promotions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of, uh, she sets up a lot of shows in the local area. Um, and she's kind of operating like a label too, or kind of part of that. Um, but yeah, uh, one night after her final show at her house, uh, our friend Ben Baker, who is Atmospheric's promotions, uh, he's like the photography guy for the group. He just came and filmed one of our practices and, uh, like filmed everything in practice basically and then put it out on... Including yeah. SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah, <laughs> you saw that. Wow. Yes. Yeah, that's. That's. that's, <laughs> that's us. I hope we don't get sued. <laughs> SpongeBob's gonna sue our ass. It's our own version, but we changed the we we changed the lyrics. He's gonna soak up whatever money we have. Abs. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm looking. I made a playlist of um, uh, pretty much all the uh, all the uh, songs that you basically uh, performed with this thing. thing. Um, uh, and I'm looking at these. One of them here. It's uh, called Cynic Bomb, really. Um, and uh, let me just. And if I look on my album, and if I look on my copy of the album here. If it, give me a second. Um, yeah, that's not on there. Is is that song going to be uh really released uh sometime in the future? Uh, yeah, yeah, hopefully. Like uh, that, that's one of the planned songs for the next album. I see. Okay. I. I cannot, I cannot remember how it goes since it's been a while since I actually watched these, uh, these rehearsal videos. I actually, I actually watched them as they were going out, really. When they, oh, okay. Like, uh, I believe, like, they were, your video, your video for, um, uh, like, uh, attract, uh, like, your video for attraction was like one of the first videos on the uh, atmospheric promotions channel i believe mm-hmm. yeah 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 and cynic bomb was it's not on an album yet it'll be on the next one um we we've done a couple songs um that are out there in you know the internet land um 
that you can find us performing. It's just not on an album yet. Um, another one's uh, 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 what's that? What's that song called? Smells like Teen Spirit. We went to Chicago and uh, played live in this. It's dude's called basement. every single shard. Every single shard. That's every right. Every single shard. Yeah, um, that's another new one um, that you'll be able to check out. Um, we did every single shard and attraction to reaction in a dude's basement in Chicago, and he runs. It's pretty much just like you know a recording studio, but he gets like I think it's like three or four people with GoPros, and they just like stand around you and film you while you do it. And then he syncs it all up, and it's a really cool uh, service that he does. It's a good way to get uh, good way for bands to get their get stuff a good out video there. Out. Yeah. yeah, like high quality, like. Multiple angles is nice. Multiple angles. It's not just like a one microphone recording everything. Like yeah. So if the guy moves somewhere, you know the audio shifts as well. Yeah. When you watch the Ben Baker videos, like if Ben like goes and stands over more close to the guitar amps, you know you'll obviously get a little bit more guitar in the mix, and it's like the shifting thing. You know, as any like DIY like right. If you don't catch me, if you don't catch me just right, I look horrible. Okay, so... Jan kind of like the dress. Like, from certain angles, he looks green, but from the other angle, he looks gold. Yeah. So you gotta be sure to film him from the left. I'm a chameleon. Okay. So... <laughs> let me just, um... I'm trying to look... Do you have a question for my cat? She's sitting here on the couch with us, like, acting like she's part of the band. She's not... <laughs> Not again, Elemental P. Uh, do you want something to do? Yeah, she's asking like you want, like she wants to be asked. She's questions. responding like she normally responds. Okay. Where, where does your cat draw inspiration? I don't know. Food. Yeah, sh- Food disc litter box. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, do- she also likes long naps in the sun. Yeah. And sometimes she likes to eat her food so fast, and then she barfs it up and eats it again. And when you ask her a question, she likes to take a long pause. You know? Oh, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Who did the Who did the artwork for the um the the EP really? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who? Sorry, who is that again? That was uh, Matt Reniker, uh, who was a Kendall grad, illustrator, um, friend of our old drummer. He Nate hooked us up with him. Um, I think we went with Matt because Nate's like, oh, he'll draw something brutal, and he totally did. <laughs> he totally did. It looks like some like fucked up scene from a like a comic book that my parents wouldn't have wanted me to read. Yeah, I always thought it Something like... out of Heavy Metal Magazine or something like that. I don't know. Like, it looked like the pamphlet from the airport that tell you, like, how to, like, secure your neighbor's, like, mask that drops down, you know? Oh, like, yeah. These, like, they look, it was, like, that style of art. You know, like, oh, the, yeah. the helpful yeah. pamphlets. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very, like... Like being on an airplane. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he drew something really brutal, and I think I think the album artwork intimidated some people because people are so afraid of nipples these days that like. I have nipples. Oh God, it's obscene. Everything has nipples. Even nipples have nipples. 
<laughs> Some of them do. Some of, yeah, they call it a nub. Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. Like, I think maybe some people thought it was, like, kind of sexist or, like, we were doing something that was supposed to be sexy and, wrong. And I, I can't know. stress enough that no. Porn we, has never. We were. N- never. Don't call it. It's not even porn. <laughs> it's just, it's just art. It's just something we thought up. We were all sitting around talking about what did we want for our album cover. And Don said, what about, like, Somebody breastfeeding a baby rat. And I said, that's metal as fuck. <laughs> and then it became our album cover. And that was it. But the artist took it that way. And that's what we wanted. We always, we never want to tell them exactly what to draw. Yeah. We give them direction and then have them be their artisty self and do that. How many albums have you looked at the cover and just boring as shit? The first time I saw that image, I was like, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> that was before he was in the band, so... Yeah, I want whatever those rats are sucking up. Right. That's what she said, sorry. That's just honesty! <laughs> It's just honesty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's cool. It's still, I think it still makes people say, <clears throat> the new album, it's definitely less brutal, but I like, I like the art even more. Our friend Najid Van Pelt did the art for Braille. And for that, she took uh, one of Dan's lyrics that we had assigned her, and uh, we kind of came up with the concept. The woman digging in the snow. Um, and she's just got a really great eye with watercolor. And, yeah, it's pretty awesome. We had a few nice comments about that. Uh, Tom Crandall from Punk News, uh, especially, like, that made me feel proud. He's like, hey, don't skimp on your album art, kids. Like, yeah. we reviewed our album. It's like, yes, somebody gets it. Somebody likes our, our shit. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the watercolory feel of the uh, the Braille album card art as well, really. I, th- really, I think it's really suited. Uh, suiting for it. Anyways, um, let me see. Uh, is there any significance to the name Bet on Rats b- by any chance? Um, depends on who you ask. Honestly, it it was just something that we said. Really, like that's the, the uh, we were we we were called bears who eat birds because I don't know where I pulled that from, and then. That was just too silly, I guess. So I just came out bet on rats. But a lot of people are reminded of the um, the rat race in this old cartoon from the '80s called "All Dogs Go to Heaven." Um, there's like a rat race beneath a dog track, and it's kind of like betting on rats, I guess. But really, it just came out of nowhere. It just came out of us just being drunk and silly, just or... like the best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's in a name, right? Uh huh. Like, uh, with my name, The Latte Dog, uh, it just sort of came from, uh, me fiddling around with the pen tool, uh, in Photoshop, and it just sort of looked like a dog, and I already made this sort of image of somewhat like a latte thing, and I just added to that, and then, boom, The Latte Dog. Yeah. What? See, sometimes it just comes out, and that's, and it works great. I like Latte Dog. Yeah. Yeah. You a latte guy, or you? Uh... I drink my coffee black, actually. Oh yeah, black and beautiful, yeah, like my soul. <laughs> <laughs> Just like my heart. <laughs> it's black and bitter, and it burns your mouth a little bit. And I, I may mean, have left it on the burner too long. I need a little, okay. need a little bit of sugar. Uh, no sugar. No sugar. A little bit of sugar. Just a little. I do a lot of sugar, a lot of cream. 
This is why we work as a band, is because we all like our coffee different. That's really kind of neat that we all just figured that one out, too. Mm. We all make our coffee different. It's the, uh, it's the defining secret of our success. <laughs> but, but it is nice, like, you know, like if the four of us are sitting around a table all drinking coffee, which has never happened, we'll never accidentally drink each other's coffee because we'll look at it like, no, that's not mine. That's not mine. That's not mine. <laughs> ah, yes. Well, okay. Um, would you? Are you affiliated with any uh, group slash communities by any chance? Um. Well, I would say the punk scene here in GR. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of bands in Grand Rapids. The West Side um, Rebellion. West Side Rebellion. Yeah, I don't know. Um, we're definitely part of the little punk scene here in GR, and it's very. It's yeah. kind of folksy. It's kind of homey. Like. Noisy. Yeah, you see a lot of the same 90 people at a lot of the shows, um, which is cool. I feel like we really do have a home here. I've been in other bands, and it's like you feel kind of pedestrian like going through, and like you play to different people every time you play, and you play with different bands all the time, and it's like I, I haven't gotten a sense of community like yeah. I have with our band. We got – I don't know. like I don't know how it works exactly, but we yeah. – People seem to have, have adopted us. Yeah, it's um, like a family. You know, kind of. You know, it's like a family. Not to put it, it's it's like a loose family. You know, we hang out, we care for each yeah. other, we support each other. It's a great community of just people playing good music together and having a good time doing it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. Um, let me see. Are you collaborating, slash, have you collaborated, slash, do you plan to collaborate with any other crea uh, creators or bands or whatever uh, in your, uh, uh, within your medium as well? Well, we have a little bit. Uh, Dan and I uh, back up a guy named uh, Tommy Gunn, a.k.a. Rob Bruce, a.k.a. Bobby Murderous from Murder Party. He's got a band... Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's got a band uh, called 78 RPM, and I drum in that, and Dan plays bass. Um, so that's the thing. But we've also, uh, with the Just Luckies, we wanted to work with Casey on our uh, last album, mm -hmm. and it just uh, it didn't work out. Like you know, we only had a year to make the record, so it was like impossible uh, <laughs> for things to work out. But we wanted to work with her. We wanted to work with Sam from Atmospheric Promotions. Um, the guys from Sailor Kicks want to do. Something they want to do a split with us. That would be cool too. Sailor yeah. kicks. Um, there's there's been a lot of talk, but not a whole lot of do. Yeah, you yeah, know, I for for um, nothing is solidified right now, but um, we're I definitely so. yeah, we're definitely up to working with other people. And then me and Dan do you know we back up Rob and his seventy eight RPM band, um, which is fun. We haven't gotten to work on that all year yet, but, like, you know, Christmas and the holidays and all that. Yeah, it's a weird time. Yeah, it's a weird time. Oh, yeah, it's Dan's birthday. Everybody say happy birthday happy to Dan. Birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. I'm old. <laughs> Better old than dead. Right? <clears throat> it's true. You'll be there soon. Don't worry. <laughs> Mentally, I'm only, like, eight, so that's all right. Yeah. 
Who's mature anyways? Yeah. I'm so mature. Another Matuma. I'm even more <laughs> mature than you. <laughs> I'm also very humble. Very I'm the most humble thing. motherfucker you ever met. You are the humble fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Don't question. Um, okay. Uh, where did you get the idea of um, uh, playing punk with a folk spin on it? Is if that's how you describe it, really? Well, um. Or- a lot of S L S D and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know I think well like it all started with Dan's solo acoustic stuff and I don't know like we had the first drummer was very punky in his style like that's pretty much all he was interested in playing um, and my bass was very distorted. And so it just kind of happened that way. Like we wound up sounding kind of like a Dead Kennedys meets the Violent Femmes type of thing. Yeah, because when I wrote the songs originally, they were all much slower. They were all very much slower, and uh, just because, like Don said, it was just me writing it, and um, that's something that I, I like about this band is that every time that we have somebody pick up a new instrument and start playing in it, it molds into something a little bit different. And, um, yeah, it, it's become this acoustic-y, folky punk thing, you know. Plus, I just I just kind of like that genre of music anyways. Mm. Yeah, uh, I don't think we realized this uh, when we started the band, but, like, the folk punk thing really is kind of taking off, um, and it had been for a while, but we're, you know, just oblivious to <laughs> what was cool. But bands like, you know, Andrew Jackson, Jihad, uh, it kind of brought the style more to, like, made the style a legitimate thing. Like, you know, we're not just some weird... Or like Harley Poe. Yeah, Harley, Harley Poe. Uh-huh. Ever heard of Wingnut Dishwashers Union? No, but that's a great name. <laughs> wow. <what is laughs> this, is, yeah, this is a, this, another folk punk band. Uh, I recommend their album, uh, Burn the Earth and Leave It Behind. Burn the Earth, Leave It Behind. That's the name of the album. By that's, Wingnut Dishwashers Union. That's that's great. <laughs> that is fantastic. Ima- from what I can describe of it, imagine Sex Pistols uh, uh, meets uh, folk or what? Whatever. Insert folk name here. Anyways. Um. Uh. Yeah. I will, I will check that out. Yes. Um. Where would you say you draw inspiration from? Um, in the morning dew, after a long night. No, I don't know. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I, I was the poet I, here. I get a lot of inspiration just from observations. You know, just a lot of our music are are a lot of different ways of me saying that humans are stupid you know like i i don't hate people but i don't like them either that is the best topic uh, yeah uh, yeah 
I have noticed like a couple of uh, like on a couple of songs you uh, uh, tend to be a bit pol- uh, tend to go a bit political. Um, let me think. Uh, isms is uh, a bit one of those ones. I assume. Uh, how did you come up with? Uh, when did you uh, write the song "Isms"? By the way, "Isms" I wrote. Um, I used to to work with this kid who was very combative about his beliefs, and like he, it was like he would want to strangle you if you didn't believe what he believed in, and not physically, but just like verbally. He would just like, "Well, why not? Why don't you believe this?" Why you know. And it just got really annoying. So I, what I do when I'm really annoyed is I don't, you know, I don't punch people. I'll just write a song about them or something, and it makes me feel better. So I wrote this song about this kid, and it's he's he's the little god that I'm referring to, saying that like you have nothing to fear, you know, except everything this life will spawn and those you hold dear. Just that reality is going to be a harsh hit to this kid. But it, it's he's not a stupid person. Like he's a very smart man. I don't want to belittle this guy at all because he might know who I'm talking about if you ever heard this. Because he's he is a very smart person. It was just that we had this disagreement and we never saw eye to eye. And my whole way of venting about that is to write a song about it. So some of them, some of the things I write about are, you know, blown out of proportion a bit. But it's for the sake of writing the song. But there's yeah, like it's yeah. like a myth, you know, or like a, an <laughs> urban legend. There's part of it holds true. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's spawned by something. But that's that's where a lot of my lyrics come from. It comes from something little like that that'll happen to me in my life, or big, depending on how you look at it. And then it just spawns a lot of truth and nonsense at the same time. And I just put it all together. Uh, yeah. Cool. Really. Um, yeah, I, that's a lot, I feel like that's a bit of how, uh, I write a couple of things, um, if you didn't know, um, one of the main things I do is, uh, I write short stories and poems, and I currently have an ongoing story, uh, called, um, Idol, How I See Me, it's meant to be a trilogy, but I only have three chapters up, but, um, in terms of stories, but anyways, um, where is it? Where do you read it? Uh, if if you were if you want to know, it's on Wattpad. I know. It's uh, on Wattpad. Wattpad. Yeah. Uh, imagine a website where you're supposed to uh, write these multi-chaptered stories, uh, but it ultimately is more often used to write One Direction fan fiction. Oh okay. You just send me a link sometime. You have yeah. I will. So, I will. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm a huge nerd, man. I mean, I, I you know I love all this stuff. So yeah. just send me whatever you write. Faction, fiction, faction. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that one. That one's about celebrity idols. Uh, that one's about celebrity idols. Uh, there's another story I wrote called "Swinging on the Town Tree," where I guess I don't have. To, I shouldn't spoil it anyways, but it's yeah, about, but... it's about, uh, it's about lynch mobs, but anyways. <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. I love it. I All love right. it. Okay. Well, you're gonna send us no, I'm intrigued, dude. <laughs> I'm going to read this. I'll, I'll send you links. I'll send you links soon. Um, let me see. 
me see. Um, what roles do each of you play? Would you say? Oh, well, this would technically have already been answered. Who writes? Uh, who is the one who mainly writes lyrics and such when it comes to songs? And me. Uh, that'd be Dan. Okay. And I assume you ba- you all uh, just sort of start craft. Do you write the lyrics first, or do you, or does everyone play stuff first? Um, generally, it's the song's pretty much at a complete idea, like a rough complete idea. So yeah, the lyrics are usually written first, but once I bring it to practice, some things might get thrown away. Versus might get switched around. The way I sing it will get mixed around, but for the most part, it's there's a good general idea written before I bring it to them to play. This sort of uh, ties into the uh, next next question. Uh, what steps do you normally take when it comes to making your music? Really, uh, like what is if you had to give a step by step. How would it usually go? Step one, LSD. <laughs> <laughs> Great start. Yeah. Step two, write a song in my head. Yeah, uh, usually Dan comes with songs that are at least have a verse and a chorus. You know, he'll usually have like you know two or three chord progressions, which might be all the song it has. You know, um, our songs are usually pretty simple like that. You know, we'll have a verse, a chorus, maybe a bridge, or like a breakdown. I'd say they're more bridges than breakdowns. But um, Dan will come with like a really like kind of a rough skeleton, and then we'll hang all the flesh and mm-hmm. meat and gristle and organs. Bacon. We'll we'll hang all the all the juicy bits off of it. But like his songs, he, he usually already has kind of a very rough structure or a very realized structure usually. And like all we do is like add our part to it. Yeah. You know? But what you do is so good. It's yeah. so, so good. And personally me, like I want to make uh, the rhythm sections pretty much int- in- interesting and individually like different so they don't actually sound too similar. Like try to like mix it up like, like off beat, on beat or fill in fills that are different <laughs> yeah uh, okay so uh, not to sound like your college counselor in high school or anything but where do you see yourself in the future uh Fatso Burger <laughs> <laughs> no um future I in, in the future hopefully I am still just living life, man. I, I really, I love playing music. It's a lot of good fun. Um, I hope that things will happen for us, but I'm more about just having fun. So I'd like to see in the future, I'd like to see us all still playing music together and mm-hmm. writing albums. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm married and stuff, so I don't know in the future, I'll probably have a kid at some point. Oh, you're married. Uh, I am married. Mm-hmm. Married. Married, married, married. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, in addition to you know being in the band, I, I run a studio. In the last six months, um, it's become kind of a full-time job for me. Um, well, I, I guess I have two part-time jobs. I run sound at a club, and I do the studio thing. And um, 
I guess if I had to decide the way my future goes, I'd like to continue to do that um, for more artists. Um, doing that full-time would be incredible. Um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I've been busier and busier. By the way, if you want to check my studio out, it's uh, Navish Audio. So you can find me on Facebook. And book session. Record your musical masterpiece. I personally would like to be a, a really good professor. Like, I am on a college for, like, bachelor's on history, so I need couple of years become a you know a professor or something like that but also I want to do music as well and collaborate with other people and mm -hmm. do other projects and I hope that will go great yeah if anything I hope we're all just playing music because everybody in this band's a very good musician so everybody should keep doing that at least <laughs> yeah yes you you guys have to be one of my favorite bands that no one knows about. Yay! <laughs> those, are, those are always my favorite bands, you know. So oh, now yeah. I'm one Same of those here. bands that, that make me feel happy. You know, we're on our way though. Like, uh, in like September, somebody was like teasing us online on our friends page because we only had nine monthly listeners on Spotify, uh, and then um, <laughs> by our album release. Uh, we had 35, and, like, I don't know. It's funny. Like, our friends in Bong Mountain have, like, thousands. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like, everybody's got to start somewhere. As long as we're moving forward, I'm really happy with that. Um, mm -hmm. More, we're, we're doing more stuff out of town, so we're playing out of, not just at Grand, in Grand Rapids anymore, which is uh, going to help us grow. Um, but, I don't know, like, we haven't not made progress. Things have gone pretty well for us. People know who we are around here anyway. So that's cool. Um, we're doing cool stuff. Yeah, people seem to dance to it. Yeah, when we, like, we played our album release at the Pyramid Scheme on Devil's Night with Murder Party and uh, I Believe in Julio and uh, Joe and the Westside Orchestra. And... We were the first band, and there were already 100 people in the room or so, probably over 100 people. And, like, when people sing your songs at you and you're on a big stage, it's, you know, it's flattering and, like, intimidating and scary and awesome and validating. You know, it's like, wow, these people know our shit. And, like, you know, I can't hear myself sing my part because, like, there's, like, a bunch of drunk, off-key people yelling it in my face, but it's great. You guys know that's probably, like, the best place to play in town as well. Yeah, the Pyramid Scheme is, is a great venue to play. Yeah, probably the best place to play but, in town. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was going to chime in while you were saying stuff, but you just you hit every point so perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> so, I would, I would say it's easy to, uh, and safe to assume that, uh, you enjoy what you do. Am I correct? So, um, yeah, my question then is, what do you exactly enjoy about it? Um, I mean, I, I love these guys, and I love the community. I love playing shows, and I love, I love playing music, you know, all of it, really. The thing I hate the most about it, if, if that's like a follow-up question, <laughs> um, would, would be lugging the gear around. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. We, we need like a bus. We have really heavy amps. I have a lot of uh, toms and 
drum parts. <laughs> <laughs> drum parts like drum, like like pieces of the drum. But I was thinking like different drum parts of the song. <laughs> yeah. Um, logistically, we're a nightmare. Um, I had like for a year or so um, after I got an upright bass. Um, I was Ubering to shows and I'd have to call an Uber XL and then like load this thing into a guy's, some random person's vehicle and have them drive me out to a skate park or wherever the show happened to be. Um, because, you know, in our whole band, we had like two small cars and, you know, a drum kit can take up the extra space in one of those cars. Add to that, you know two guitar amps and a big clunky bass amp and there's no room for the band anymore <laughs> let alone like our pedals and our guitars um and actually i'm gonna be ubering to shows again very soon um because my van took a shit on me um meaning the transmission's dead on it so <laughs> yeah so i'll be able to scrap my van and get like a new set of upright strings <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's <laughs> um, I'm going to look into if I can boil um, my strings to revitalize them on an upright the same way you can with electric bass strings because that's uh, they're ridiculously expensive like, oh yeah I play a cello um, those things usually like yeah. cost somewhere around uh, like yeah it's like 150 to 250 300 bucks yeah for a cello and bass is same thing. It's it's, it's not like, cheap. That, that's for a full set you're talking about. That's how I'm. Yeah, yeah those like. Yeah. They are very practical instruments in these regards, and I think it's because it's like with the cello too, or violin, bass, these sorts of string instruments. It's not often that you see them in a rock band or in like a blue collar type of environment. It's often very, you know, um, it's educated musicians. It's rich parents that are getting their kids cello lessons or something like that. Like it's people with the means to like spend more, like my first guitar probably didn't cost as much as a set of bass strings would cost now uh, <laughs> upright. Um, you know, like guitars are made in factories <laughs> for the most part. And like a lot of people can play guitar as a hobby. You know, there's not a lot of people that are like, Oh, I'm looking for a new hobby. I'm going to just drop, you know, five grand on a, cheap bass <laughs> you know like if i was to buy like the nicest gibson well not the nicest but one of the nicer like gibson les pauls or something like that it would the same amount of money i could spend on a really crummy upright bass um and like they just don't make like you know like a value set of upright bass strings like girl it's all it's, it's it's all or nothing yeah it's it's kind of nuts um, yeah, it's a very, like, <coughs> very, like, um, you have to, like, take care with those things, really, when creating them. It's very, yeah, it's the same thing with a, a cello. I could, you could spend, like, a, 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 I think it, I'm not sure how much is the cheapest kind of cello that is made of green wood or something like that. Uh, I think that may be like a grand or something like that. That's and that's the cheapest end cello that you would probably be. That is probably even made of greenwood, which is 
basically wood that hasn't been seasoned yet. Is yeah, it now? Like, uh, a lot of a lot of times they'll make them out of uh, like a plywood, like a composite wood. Um, like my base is made out of composite wood. It's not like it's not carved. Um, but that's cool. My, I actually played cello too, and there's a little bit of cello on Braille. The first cello that I got was a carved wood cello, and I didn't know any better. I've been playing guitar for like 15 years or whatever, 15 plus years. Um, and I had no idea about orchestral string instruments. And I brought it home in the winter, and about a month in, I come home, and it's like, why does my cello sound crappy? Like it was loud and like like the low C like when I bowed it it would sound like a foghorn it was really powerful and then one day I get home from work and I'm doing it and it sounded like someone was like strangling an anemic llama uh, <laughs> and, and what had happened is the heater in my house of course dries out the air when it runs in the winter and the moisture difference caused the front and back to shrink a little bit, which pulled on the sides, and uh, the cello developed a crack in the side. Uh, yeah, the seasons are rough on classical instruments. Yeah, and I didn't know that I should have been, and I probably should have known, should have done my homework a little bit, but like I should have been running a humidifier in the room to keep my cello from cracking. But that was like sick and disgusting. Um, but that actually led me to find a local place, Granary House, um, where I got the hookup on my bass. Um, which was really great. Um, my base, um, and I, I made the right choice, I think, with getting a base that is not made out of carved wood, so it's a little bit more uh, durable for the seasons. Like, that won't happen in a plywood base, you know, but, like, something that's made out of, like, you know, four or five pieces of carved wood is very uh, fragile and very um, easy, easily succumb to the elements. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I found out about Granary House, and actually my bass has had one disaster um, already, and Granary House saved my ass from that. Um, our old drummer um, never let the drummer load the van. Just never <laughs> did it, Latte Dog. Promise me that. Uh, he loaded the van, and he put my bass amp, and I'm just going to blast him on this. That look. <laughs> He put my bass amp in the van with the casters down. Um, Wait, which and, drummer is this again? Uh. Uh, the, well, he's not on any of our albums. We murdered him for this. Uh, <laughs> but uh, his name's sweet. Donnie. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah he, turning off onto the venue uh, for a Halloween show in 2015, I think. Uh my yeah, he, he just made a fast turn, and so the bass amp, heavy ass amp, s- started to roll, and when it bumped into like the pedal boards and like the smaller amps, it tips, and the head of my bass is a tube head, so it's re- rather heavy, slides off my amp and punches a hole in the side of my bass. So Ganary House, they had to like snap the top off the bass, and then they uh yeah, they basically like fixed it uh, using all the same wood. Um, using, like, rosin and stuff and wood glue. They fixed it, and it, it's, it's better now, you know. Not better than it was, um, but it still plays good. Sounds more or less the same way it sounded before. Um, and, yeah, it's fixed, but, oh, man. Oh, man, never never let Donnie Davis load the van. No. 
That's the moral of the story. But anyway, but anyways, so you're not classically trained, am I correct? Uh, uh, not, no, not in the base. I took uh, band class, like you know, throughout middle school, and I was in jazz band in high school. Um, but like, I don't, uh, you know, I I didn't learn to play for an orchestra, and like, it would take me hours to cipher a simple thing that was written in bass clef, because I I never learned to read bass clef. I learned treble clef. Yeah. Um, and so it'd take me forever to learn like a simple melody. I'd have to like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was weird. Yeah. Um, you know, I understand uh, theory behind things. I'm just not, I couldn't sit down and sight read a piece like, you know, they're not going to pick me to play bass for Les Mis anytime soon. Hmm. My, I can, uh, yeah, uh, me taking uh, cello lessons uh, classically trained for like since I was eight if you need to know, I'm 17 now. Um, uh, yeah, I, it's pretty easy for me to pretty much just figure out what notes is which, but I always learn better from hearing it uh, first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, personally, me, I come from like a musical family, and um, they also were not like trained or anything, but they play pretty much like how they like to play music. Uh, just by themselves ear and I've learned from a lot of from my um, father and my uncle and they're both like uh, my father he grew up playing accordion my uncle played drums so I got a lot of drum influence from my uh, uncle and then later my dad showed me different rhythms and like styles of music I I come from uh, from Europe uh, Balkan area uh, which is more like Eastern European music and um, Middle Eastern influence with the, with the tab of like Gypsy. Interesting. So, yeah, so that kind of influenced me a lot of like rhythm sections and grooves. So it's more danceable and easy to play, and you, you can have like a really good party out of it. <laughs> but yeah, like and listening to different genres helped me, like from punk, metal, hip hop, and dance music of sorts. So it kind of brought my variety of uh, different rhythm sections and grooves and. I'm just I just like a lot of a like a pumped up energy feel to when it comes to uh, music, especially in this band. There's a lot of like uh, very high tempo, pumped up kind of. You can yeah. you can have a good time, drink, and you know whatever party. <laughs> it's like if Andrew WK got on stage and just played an acoustic guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm everybody's best friend. <laughs> see what other questions could I ask uh, that's one <laughs> <laughs> one down good oh. oh I, mean, I know oh sorry what are you saying is something how many people listen to your podcast uh, let me I'm not certain let me see um, if I just check my thing right here you can just rough ballpark I mean you don't have to be on spot uh, is... I'm not certain how many regularly, but yeah, the, probably this... two. Uh, if there's anyone <laughs> regularly, two. At the this... very, uh, I'm ve I'm just new. I only you know, recorded two episodes before this one, and uh, my my first episode got a lot of plays because well, uh, 
the person who I did had us uh, promoted it a little bit. Well, a lot by a lot of plays, I mean thirty-seven plays. All right. Yeah. But the uh, yeah. So I don't know exactly how many people are actually listening to my a podcast regularly now. I don't think it's established enough, I guess you could say. This is our uh, second podcast we've done like a year ago, me and Dan. Oh, yeah, I remember some, seeing something along the, this lines. Uh, I think it was like a Grand, uh, Grand Rapids like underground thing or something like that. Yeah, yep. uh, completely. End. No, that's, that's the famous <laughs> one. It was called uh, Get Into Character. Yeah, Get Into Character. Yeah, um, two guys from a band called Murder Party. Um, had us on, and we just, I don't know, we talked about like comic books and stuff. Um, and cheese. We, we played a song. Oh, yeah, we talked about cheese a lot. <laughs> I made a lot of I, cheese puns. Yeah, I made all my best cheese jokes. Oh, speaking of, speaking of comic books, segueing into an, uh, what, the, one of the final questions I would say, if I can't ask any more after this one, what content do you consume regularly? Would you say? Oh, jeez. Well, <laughs> I listen. I don't listen to it every week, but I catch up and binge. I do uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's uh, Star Talk. I love that podcast. Uh, this American Life. Uh, I'm addicted to. I also try to keep up on every. Um, <clears throat> Uh, uh, Radio Lab, I really love. Try to keep up on that. Um, I listen to a lot of Song of Ice and Fire on Audible. I've got all of those. <laughs> it's not really a podcast, but let me tell you, if you want to hear Roy Dotrice read to you a George R. R. Martin book for hours and hours and hours on end, uh, I do that all it the time. Does that be a podcast? Oh, kind of like a podcast. I don't know. It's like it's it, listening. It, does, to it doesn't have to be a podcast that you have, have to. Mention I said content, so just gen in general, like YouTube videos, books, comics, music, all those kinds of things. The oh, whole yeah. shebang. Oh, the whole shebang, man! We could be talking a long time. Yeah, yeah like uh, like you found us because I was commenting on Glenn Fricker's thing, uh, the Spectre Media Group uh, stuff. Um, yeah. I love watching his uh, YouTube channel as well as like Preston Jacobs. Uh, Fatty was the first person I ever knew to like binge watch YouTube and yeah, I watched the Angry Video Game Nerd uh, a lot. So John, I've been a, I've been a huge. I fan also of watch Anthony Fantano, the uh, busy music nerd. Oh, the best teeth in the game. Yeah, um, I just like his like um, reviews about albums and artists because he has a very uh, a, a good way of describing as like a listener, but also like he said like he's been like in punk bands and he kind of knows. What, what he thinks about music, and every time he uh, does an interview, uh, a review of it, he, like, from from a band that I don't know personally or something that I know, and it takes a lot, a lot of, like, uh, intake of, like, what a, uh, a listener or, like, a, even a musician ourselves would think of what a good record uh, of the album, and he also has his, like, worst and best, so it pretty much... Uh, uh, Brings out like a good, uh, good point for me to like. Okay, I'm definitely gonna listen to this. Yeah, I, yeah, I uh, occasionally check into his um, uh, 
his album reviews. I, I am subscribed. I've subscribed to his other channel as well. That is the plan. I think he's like a dick to music, but it's like, eh, that's just being critical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I mean, kind of what makes things fun. I mean, people yeah. are so easy to, you know, basically suck each other's dick <laughs> on the internet. Like, no one, I mean, like, I'm not saying, like, people should just always say mean shit all the time, but, like, if something's not good or if it's just okay, like, people I mean, should feel... Like, it's okay that yeah. it's okay. It's, yeah. you, not just, everybody has to like just everything. To, like, just explain it or be persuasive about it, like, why yeah. is this, this, or that, that, so it, it could be, like, I don't know, have more info to it, like, or perspective, or, like, what what are they, like, actually hearing, like, what it gets them. Yeah, right. and, like, with Glenn Fricker, like, it's some of the funniest shit when Glenn is pissed off at something and goes nuts. Like um, microphones, especially. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. how to hold a microphone. <laughs> like, Glenn hits the nail on the head with so much of that shit. Like, I, I run sound on the weekends, and, like, just about every time there's a metal band and the singer does not play guitar, <laughs> he holds the microphone wrong and like it makes shit feedback it just does like and everybody that holds a microphone like that is doing it because they think it makes them look cool like it's <laughs> like it's like it's like it, you're deep throating a microphone yeah <laughs> you mean like and deep throating the microphone like 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 leafy is here uh hey guys what's up guys literally a 27 year old man <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly that. Um, you know, it, it's like one of those things. Like you know, I can tell that Glenn's been doing that shit for a long time. Yeah. Um, uh, going to shows for a long time because like it just happens. Like if someone holds the mic like that, it causes the monitors to feed back right into the mic. Um, and it's like it's really easy to do. You just have to hold the mic wrong, and all of a sudden you'll get crazy amounts of feedback. Um, and those singers are always like, "Hey." I'm feeding back for some reason. <laughs> hey, hey, this mic's feeding back. Can you turn it up? Every, Can't hear me enough. It's like, stop doing that. Um, so, so you've done live sound before, am I correct? Um, yeah, I do about three shows a week at Mulligan's Pub in GR. It is like <laughs> probably the second best place in Grand Rapids to play. Um, I, yeah. Uh, for for Glenn Fricker, uh, going back to Glenn Fricker, um, what I'm currently using to record this podcast, um, I probably should uh, get my hands on some sort of uh, condenser mic. Currently, I'm using a dynamic mic, the ca- the Samson CS capsules, the Samson capsule select. Eh, I yeah. got that off of his video, really. Yeah, it's a pretty good microphone, and I really enjoy it. It's it was pretty much like. The reason why I decided to roll with it for the podcast is pretty much like uh, it was the only microphone I had for the first episode because um, uh, I decided, you know what, I want to make this podcast, but I'm not going to wait until I am back in Cape Cod. It was like uh, I was actually in Bermuda at the time when I recorded the first episode, so um, uh, I had to use uh, a a mic st- a tabletop mic stand that I would balance on a gym bay along <laughs> along with uh my Behringer uh U UM two audio interface which I'm currently using as well. Um and uh that would be on my couch arm and I would essentially have my laptop in my lap reading off the questions. 
make it work. Yeah, yeah I mean, you got got to make like it work. For your Samsung, I mean, you sound. I'm sure we sound like we're coming through like an old gramophone recording compared to what you got going. Uh, we're we're all sitting around my laptop, um, and like I'm sure you can hear us all, but like our we're probably not very uh, high def. And yeah. you know, like I think as long as you know you're getting the information across, it's probably cool. Um, the thing with microphones is you, there's a microphone out there for every budget, so like. There's a lot of expensive shit out there. So you gotta be careful that you don't buy one that is maybe not not worth, worth the price. Hundred bucks, yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyways, um, what were we talking about again? Uh, content, right? Content. Um. Uh, we were still talking. We were co- talking about content. Yes. What? Yeah, like Anyone else want to co- chime up? Anyone else got the leafy reference? You ever see JonTron? I have seen JonTron. I'm subscribed to JonTron. Okay. Yeah, I like JonTron. I keep up on JonTron. Yep. I uh, watch a lot of gaming videos, GameSack, and things of that nature. GameSack. Uh, I so I uh, sometimes uh occasionally watch these uh these political videos sometimes, I'll, but a lot of the channels that tend to talk about like uh you know those channels that essentially go after the low hanging fruit of like the crazies of the crazies. Uh, oh. You're familiar. I I'm not exactly. I'm not a. I'm worried to use the term anti-SJW, really. No, no, that's a huge thing, and I feel like ever since Gamergate, like, these, like, jerk nerds have been nuts, and, like, they're everywhere. It's just people on the internet, though. Yeah, it's troll-ass motherfuckers on the internet. Also that are triggered and don't know. Yeah, they go, they, a lot of, a bunch of them (laughs) go after the low-hanging fruit and try to take, and take them all at very face value. Which I find is just kind of boring, honestly. Yeah. And there are some people who do it great. Like uh, I recommend Chris Raygun, by the way. And um, and then there are some people who are just uh, so boring. Quit repeating my opinions to my ears. You don't. You don't. You're so boring about this. Anyways, um, let me see. What other channels do I watch? Oh, um. If you ever want to feel depressed, check out Mama Max. Yes. Right. I find myself often wishing I looked more depressed. Right. <laughs> a lot of people watch cat videos on the internet. I watch a lot of videos of like cats getting punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Complete depression. I watch a lot of reaction videos and see how people are having like weird reactions about it. <laughs> I. I don't watch. That. I don't watch that at all. That's <laughs> why I don't watch people's opinions on a lot of stuff unless there's humor involved because I don't really care about their honest opinion. They make characters out of it, and that's more yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. weird. Talk shows can. Oh, I, I don't know if the modern talk show is going to be a thing, but replaced by you know the video podcast online, like like Joe Rogan and people like that, like. 
basically do what Howard Stern does, only they're doing it from their bedrooms and their garages and stuff. Yeah. And you know, they get tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of subscribers, like coming yeah. in every day to hear what Joe Rogan thinks about what Donald Trump said yesterday or whatever. It's kind of interesting. Um, yeah. It, see how media has moved along in that respect. Uh, you're, you, a bunch. Of, you might not be as deep into YouTube as I am, but I'm a. You know what baited is? Baited? No. It's baited. Baited is the podcast uh, started by. If you know these names, uh, call me. Call out. Um, uh, Colossal is crazy. Keemstar and Tommy C. Don't know. Okay, so uh, summarize. Uh, to summarize, Keemstar is essentially a news a channel that basically reports on uh, mostly Twitter beef between YouTubers. Uh, oh, Colossal, <laughs> Colossal has I is one among the most respected of the commentary uh, community ish. Um, who makes these highly edited, um. Uh, I'm I'm trying to uh, figure out a way to describe them. They're not exactly rant videos, but more along the lines of just videos. They tend and that tend to just uh, I don't know. I I can't really. I'm having a hard time really describing it. Really, and uh, Tommy C, uh, who was the one I wanted to actually talk about in reference to talk shows, uh, is. Origi- was originally a hockey commentator before getting picked up by Colossal and uh, Keemstar uh, to make the baited podcast. Ever since then, uh, ever since then, uh, Colossal and uh, Tommy C had a falling out with Keemstar. Uh, if you want, you can just research this entire thing. Just just look them up. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm pretty deep in this. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Tommy C. It sounds like just watching the YouTube video on beef between people on YouTube already. It's like so meta that I, I can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, Do you have any YouTube beefs? Like, is there somebody that, like, you'd like to shout out beef to? Not yet. <laughs> All right. Uh, let us know and we will fuck that guy so up. Yeah. Let us know. We're going to get on like their channel. We're going to thumb down all their we'll, videos. We'll right? Please, I don't want to already have a hate mob. I don't want to have mindless fans already. <laughs> hey, at least people hate you they know about you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. There's such things as bad YouTube. publicity. There, I said the right word. Oh, yeah. Uh, funny, uh, Keemstar especially knows that one. Um, uh, let me think. Uh, oh, yes. So, Tommy C., uh, he currently does a stream every, uh, every day, essentially, called, uh, Shot from the Point Live, I guess it's called. Uh, or, wait, or was it dead? Shot from the Point Dead or Alive? Uh, I think, I cannot remember which one. I think it's Shot from the Point Dead where he talks about YouTube and Shot from the Point Live where he talks about hockey. But if anyone wishes to call me out, uh, to the listeners of this podcast, all two of you, um, 
feel free to call me out. Anyways, uh, yeah, so he does this essentially every day. It's sort of like a talk show format. He has a bunch of guests uh, that he normally brings on, like in Dead on Dave until recently, uh, where... Uh, where they basically just talk about whatever, really. It's it's a, it's essentially a talk show stream uh, about YouTube. Yeah. 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 Anyways, so I I just uh, found that interesting about the talk show thing. Uh, I find that um, in terms of ra- the radio play. Um, that's essentially being replaced by podcasts now, I would say. Yeah. That, that's a fair assumption. I'd say podcasts are the new radio. More people probably listen to podcasts than they do radio these days. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. There just needs to be some way to get all these awesome things that are on the internet, all these podcasts, like, easily to people's cars driving around. Like, that'd be the, like, we wouldn't, no one would listen to, like, Dumbass mainstream clear channel radio. I don't think if they could listen to what they really wanted to listen to. Even people who have like a middling fascination with music or news or whatever, like they wouldn't be stuck with top forty stations if they could hone in on the stuff that they really like. And I, I know that satellite radio is a thing, but it's not. It's not something that you can have if you've got a five hundred dollar car. You know, like yeah, yeah. Like I swear, they uh, on the Cape. They have like the same. They like play the same like twenty songs over and over again on shuffle in a, like a playlist or something like that. And it's usually somewhere between um, hit songs of two years ago to uh, hit songs of now. Oh yeah, and it's like it's kind of the worst thing. Um... Clear channel radio stations, like, you won't hear, like, even if you have a band um, that's pretty good, chances, and like, they've got a hit song, chances are, like, the real material that they're really Mm -hmm. proud of isn't, like, their one hit song, you know, like. Yeah. um, That's just, that's just radio, you know, like. I mean, it's not like Pandora or Spotify, you can just listen to random artists. It'd be awesome, though, the day that, like, something like Spotify is, like, standard in people's cars, and they can be like, hey, I've got my playlist, or I've got my station, and i got my shit that I like. Um, and, like, you know, they could maybe use the software to tailor what's being fed to them via their taste. So you like, say, like, without, like, a phone. Like, yeah, without a phone. phone. Yeah. Like, you know, like... I think but I guess, like, it's it's really rare that someone doesn't have a phone these days. That's <laughs> like, true. I just got a cell phone I think again. it's gonna happen, though. It's just, like, you have apps... Yeah. And, installed in yeah, and like there's like the the AM FM radio will probably be like a weird, outdated thing. Like you're you uh, thing about like an eight track. TV. Yeah. Channels. Yeah. <sighs> like, uh, yeah. What music would you say you all listen to? Any any particular bands or genres? Well, I like metal. Of course. Yeah. Yes. I've listened a lot of, like, punk and metal, but, like, as of now, like, about years, I've been attracted to more hip-hop and R&B. Um, just, like, 
a, a, a various of artists that have a different style. Of yeah, doing. I I feel like I'm uh, uh, I'm similar. Uh, for for a while, uh, like two years ago, I would have uh, dismissed hip hop and R and B as like uh, trash. Eh. And now I'm just and before then I it was pretty much like and that's what I listened to mainly and then I th- uh but it was the really trashy mainstream stuff really yeah, it's the one but like the, like the ones I re- uh, recently listened to was like from SoundCloud artists Bandcamp uh, yeah stuff. all those kinds of people um oh yeah yeah then, I think uh, when I was younger I was definitely really quick to dismiss hip hop and R&B too because it's just music that was coming from a place that, like, had nothing to do with me and who I was, you know? Like, I was from a small rural town in Michigan, you know? Um, and I wasn't particularly wealthy. I didn't have bling. I didn't know what a whip was, let alone how to ghost ride one. And, like, so to me, <laughs> I thought... <laughs> yeah, I, like, you know, I just didn't understand what all this stuff was about, you know, and there wasn't, like, a hip-hop artist that I knew of that I heard that, like, really, like, connected to me. And, like, you know... The Beastie Boys. Yeah, the the Beastie Boys are cool. We're old, so the Beastie Boys were a thing. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like with me being the young one, I remember listening to T-Pain, T.I., Lil Wayne, Kanye, so I pretty much grew up on that thousands. Yeah. (laughs) And so, like, you know, I was younger, I wasn't super into the hip-hop stuff, but, like, I don't know, like, there's definitely some stuff that I can get into now, and, like, for nostalgia value, you know, when I hear stuff like uh, old Tupac and stuff, it's like, oh, this reminds me of all the songs that played at my high school dances that I hated. Mm-hmm. But, like, now it's like, I don't hate it anymore, you know, and, like, some... even hip-hop artists that I like to listen to now, um, like, Clipping, for one, is a, uh, yes. a really interesting one. Uh, like, uh, Splendor me. and Misery? That's yeah. Clips. Uh, sorry, and go ahead. Yeah, Dobby Diggs, he's just a, he's a genius, you know, and like, in terms of like technical ability, you know, I'm really into stuff like Yes and King Crimson and Animals as Leaders, and I definitely like music that is challenging for the listener mm-hmm. and for the player, you know, and when you hear Dobby Diggs and clipping, like, going so fucking fast, but he's so articulate and so precise, you know, like... It's kind of, to me. It's like the opposite of hearing Lil Yachty, who you know. Not <laughs> I actually, I actually, or actually, I kind of just like like that guy just for how goofy he sounds. He's almost a, he's almost like a parody. That guy, like Ice J Fish, and like <laughs> you, you can't steal Ice JJ's thing, man. Ice JJ is. Force of nature. Sorry, I don't know any of the names. <laughs> <laughs> Ice JJ Fish? No, no. I, I haven't recognized any of the oh names you guys have been saying for like the have, last. Have you ever heard of uh, Filthy Frank going back to YouTube? No. We don't like YouTube that much. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, uh, very. Uh, Filthy Frank is a very. Well, vulgar kind of humor guy satirical kind of thing just like okay. is, is it like is it like like that pink guy with pink season yes <laughs> now i know i understand what that right. it hit number 1 in multiple countries <laughs> that album <laughs> wow 
Yeah, it's weird. You, you find out how diverse the world's musical tastes are when you're reading, like, Bathroom Reader, and you find out that, like, Liza Minnelli is the best-selling artist in Iran ever. It's like, what? what? Really? Her? And, and she is. She's the top. Use your magic with up and that button. So right now the guys are playing uh, Shovel Knight. Do you know this game? Oh uh, yeah, I'm familiar with it. I think it's on my Steam wish list. Uh, I... Oh yeah, on Steam! Yay! Are, are you the Latte Dog on there? Uh, yes, I am the Latte Dog on there as well. I will. Uh, I'm gonna find you, man. I'm, I'm gonna sure. find you. <laughs> was that an Antoine Dodson <laughs> reference? It was just me talking. They're gonna <laughs> find you. They're gonna find you. <laughs> anyway, uh, let me think. Um, so, w- what games are you playing on Steam? Uh, I haven't been pl- I haven't been playing many games, honestly. I really want I really want to play more games. I think the last game I played was Undertale. I've always wanted to play I that. still have not. Yeah. Damn, press start. Press start. Oh my god, press god. start. Okay. God damn it, you should. <laughs> I heard it's great. Is that the same people that made... Uh, uh, it's this one dude. Uh, uh, Toby Fox is the na- creator of Undertale. He, cre- he scored Homestuck, the webcomic. Okay. Uh, Alright, yeah. And it's got, like, different, like, a thousand different endings, right? Like, yeah, it's a, mostly right. three, really. Well, technically, a thousand if you count all the uh, the different ver- forms of the regular, the regular ending, really. But three main ones, essentially. All right, cool. And uh, outside of that, I can't tell you anything. All right, yeah, yeah I haven't played it. Yeah, yeah, this is one of those games you definitely want to go in blind for. Yeah, uh, Steam is incredible, man. It really is, like... Sometimes it gets me Steam. I, I like <laughs> to get all Steam. Steam. Uh, yes. um, I, one game that I have that I have on my... Uh, that I have bought, and I really want to play it, but I just haven't been f- finding the time to do it, so, is uh, this... Is uh, the beginner's guide? I have not. I don't know that one. This is the same guy who made the Stanley Parable. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, it's about a guy. I think the plot goes. It's about a guy named like Coda. It's about a guy named Coda, and they they are trying to like figure out why he made. trying to like interpret his games and he made these sort of weird games and they wanted to and the narrator is trying to interpret them and such gotta decoder them <laughs> yeah if you if you're familiar with classic uh music notation uh coda you would know what uh coda is oh yeah dsl coda yes it's, yeah it's just their way of saying turn back to bar number something I, I love all the all the weird Italian words. Uh, yeah, Italian. Well, Italian was the language of music essentially back then. Yeah, I'd uh, like to ask them why there's no note in between B and C, though. Like seriously, why not? Or E and F? Like why doesn't that get? Why isn't there an E sharp? Uh, it is an E sharp. It's called an F. 
Yeah, I know. You know what I mean, though? Like, like you've got F-sharp, which is between F-sharp and G, but there's nothing actually in between F and E. Like, We'd call it a quarter I, tone. Like, th- in I Western think, music, it doesn't exist. I think at that point you're getting into semitones, mm-hmm. which is, like, is gets where it gets weird after that or something like that. Like, you know Yeah, what? like a sitar, you might have that. Yeah, like that. a sitar. But it, it, it's weird. Like you can hear it, and like if you if you play like guitar, a string instrument, like you can bend or like with cello, you know, like you can finger in between those two things. I I just said fingers. Uh, oh yes. Yeah, you can. Go what happened and, to that maturity? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's a very high maturity. All that. But yeah, it's interesting. Like, but I would always laugh in band camp when you'd see the word retardando. And it just means slow down, but it's like, haha, retard. Mm. You know, <laughs> we don't laugh at that anymore. Um, ah, yes. Retort. I see. <laughs> A rhetorical question. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Uh, let me think. Was there any? Is there anything else? Well. Oh, man. I just got an email from our landlord at the studio. They're replacing the door, and now we have to use a different door. Ooh. Oh, and now. The shit out of fire magic against him. All right. Well, Latte Dog, we've got a band practice that we got to get started. Yeah, I was just about to. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on to this. And uh, I had a lot of fun talking to you guys. You guys were great. It's cozy in this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Anyways, um, so uh, check out Bet on Rats, everyone. And... I'll have their links in the description of this podcast, and it will be up on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. And I will see you in the next one. Okay, then.